0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite Casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and I'm back for the first time this season. Casual Hoya, Andrew Geiger, and Andrew, the Hoyas are 1-0. and oh. How good do you feel? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we're
1: undefeated, which is great. It's nice to get that first win under our <laughs> belt, of course. But if you actually looked at the product on the court during the game, not much to get excited about I, I i there are two things that really popped in my mind. number one, the Kenty in the paint looked wonderful as usual. Number two, the coaching staff dressing to the nines was was refreshing to see um, beyond that, not much positive i mean unfortunately, it seems as if the pieces are changing as far as the the players go uh but the game remains the same. So I don't know what that portends for the remainder of the season, but uh, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts?
0: Okay. So George <laughs> comes in. I, I think at the time of the game, I think the line had moved from 16 and a half, 18 and a half. You're playing a cop and state team that I, I guess you could say punish my family with by having it on in the background. They played the night before. So I had to, you know, get it on. They're playing Charlotte. Charlotte, you know, they're not expected to do much down there. They kept Coppin stayed at arm's length all game. It was kind of like always 14 points or whatever. They ended up winning by 20-some. You know, Coppin, a Miak school, probably – well, I guess Green Bay seems like, as far as Ken Palm's concerned, they're probably a little bit worse. But you're talking about a Miak school that's a 300, you know, ranking. This is, you know, this is the kind of game you need to get out of your system, play all your guys – and the losing streak, and all of a sudden, Georgetown's, you know, it takes 45 minutes to do it. And uh the crowd actually I thought was pretty good. You know, they gave away free tickets, but it was 8.30. It was election night. And did I mention they were playing Coppin State? So just after the whole eight, nine-month offseason, everyone just you know arguing back and forth about should the coaching staff had stayed and all these different things, and then you want to come out there and just just take your opponent behind the woodshed. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, it's this movie again, like this movie that just never we just can't change the channel. Right. Like it, it, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing, except I completely believe what I was seeing. Yeah, I think
1: that that's well said. I mean, i you know, you're watching the same movie over and over and over. Um, I think there are some positives we can we can take out of it. I think the talent level uh, of the players in the court is is much greater. This season. Yes. I mean, Murray's good. Uh, you know, Spears is obviously good. Uh, Cook was good. Uh, you know, Wahab got into foul trouble, but he's, you know, the same guy, really, which is fine. He's a serviceable center. Um, who am I missing?
0: Oh, Mozone. Uh,
1: Mozone. I mean, he was all right. Uh, you know, I don't really understand why Bristol played that much. If he's going to be your sixth man, that's a problem. Uh, Heath, I have no idea what's going on with the waiver. Um, Harris, I'm assuming he's not playing again. Uh, who else is there? Oh, the, what about the LSU kid? The, the, I guess he had molars removed, tonsils removed or something like that. Timing sucks. <laughs> he, he had he his wisdom best- teeth removed, yes. <laughs> okay, but like uh, the, the, right before the season? I mean, come on, man. Um, anyway, uh, he should provide some depth because uh, depth really was was problematic. I, I'm not, you know, Anglin didn't play that much. Uh, you're, I mean, you said initially, I mean, this is a game where you play all your guys, you, you, you want to use these non-conference games to see who you have and what you have. So when conference play starts, you have some sort of semblance of a steady rotation. Uh, and, you know, you can cross this one off the list because you didn't get it here.
0: Like you said, there definitely are some positives. And I think You know, you don't want to be giving up 90 points, basically, to Coppin State. You know, Georgetown wins 99-89 in overtime. They manhandled him in overtime, thank God, um, to save some face there. But a cook, a cook. You know, we know him. He's been at UConn. He's had injuries. The kind of things that he did the other night, first of all, he looked like he'd been part of a very competent basketball program, okay? and. Just the kind of things that he did. There was not someone on their roster last year that could do what he did. Okay, he scored 18 points. He had 12 rebounds. Okay, that's something you could have seen on the stat line. Maybe Aminu Muhammad could have done that. Okay, he hits a couple threes. um, He's got five blocks. Like, he just looks the part, you know, immediately when Kudus Wahab gets in foul trouble against a much smaller Miak opponent. All of a sudden, the backup center. Maybe it's going to be the kid from LSU that had his wisdom teeth out. It looks like it's definitely not going to be Matumbo, which is sort of a different issue that's kind of disappointing. Um, but they went over and they they played smaller. Maybe the maybe the opponent dictated that. But you know, a cook a cook to me was like, wow, like there was no one on your team that could do what he did last year. You know, your four man last year basically right. You got like Colin Holloway. Okay, sometimes maybe Caden Rice if you want to go small. Um, you know, the big men last year, Ego F.A.'s gone. Malcolm Wilson is a, a manager for some reason. OK, um, so to me, that was like, wow, like this guy really knows how to play basketball. But the issue is, and I asked Patrick Ewing after the game, like, did you expect to go deeper? Did sort of like the, the way the game went dictate what you had to do? Because on the first night against Coppin State, you've got four guys played over 40 minutes. That's insane.
1: Yeah. I, again, I don't think you really learned anything from this game uh, other than that, you know, we have guys that can play, right? We, I mean, unfortunately, we can talk about the offensive schemes and the defensive sets and whatnot, but the I, I think the positive is that we do have options now, right? I mean, you were just talking about these guys who were on the team last year, Caden uh, Rice, uh, go FA. Uh, these are <laughs> – I'm just sort of have the chill just thinking about how bad that team was. Um, But it looks like top to bottom, this roster is better. So hopefully we can, uh, did you notice anything, for example, that Nickelberry did, uh, you know, on either side, on either either end of the court that that gives you, you know, some sort of confidence moving forward?
0: Oh, no, not necessarily that, because, you know, we still saw just wide open three after wide open three. Um, You know, Georgetown was pressing more, which, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not uh, Marcus Washington here. I'm not, I'm not the coach. But if you're gonna press, you gotta go a little bit deeper into your rotation because guys right. are gonna get tired. So I mean, the, you know, not a great game. Look, game one. Look, okay, it's all about, you know, I think Georgetown really, really, really pressed the limit of like, you know, the saying like a win is a win or you know any win is a good win. But yeah, as far as mm-hmm. Nickelberry, the defense didn't look that much better. It looked a lot of the same. But one thing I did notice that was interesting, and Nickelberry's obviously been a head coach for a long time, he stands the whole time. So you've got Patrick yeah. Ewing and Nickelberry standing the whole time, which I thought was a really, <laughs> as I'm sitting there at uh, midcourt, more towards the uh, visitor bench, but you're just like, wow, you're going to have two guys just stand and yell the whole time. So that was definitely not, you, you know, you don't know how much you see that on TV, but for me, it was like, this is this is going to be interesting.
1: Well, actually, yeah. And from the TV perspective, the bench to its credit did look active, right? I mean, yes, there were a bunch of people standing up and down the whole time, yeah. uh, you know, at the end, uh, well, towards the middle of the second half, when the game was tight, Georgetown wanted a bit of a run. You thought the game was over, really, in the last couple of minutes before. I uh, tweeted, before, it looks like Georgetown has seconds. survived. Right. I saw that. <laughs> in,
0: in In regulation, mind you.
1: Right. But the, you know, I guess my point is that the bench looks like they're, they're into it. You don't have kids tuned out, which I guess is a good sign during the first game uh, of the season. But I mean, I kept thinking like, like, what if we lost that game? Right. Like, what would the reaction have been, you know, not just on the site and on Georgetown Twitter, but nationally, if Georgetown drops its opener after all that has transpired in the, you know, after the season last year drops the opener to Coppin State at home.
0: Well, that that's a good point. So, our good friend Rob Dowster, that used to live in D.C., I think he's in New Jersey or yeah. Pennsylvania now, but he's become very successful with Field of 68. And I was a little bit ago listening to same conversation that we heard like who knows how many times last year. And our good friend Jeff Goodman, the Gottlieb local legend Randolph Childress, who started Wake Forest and Dowster, and their most recent or one of the most recent pods is Hot Seats. And they immediately went to Georgetown and it doesn't matter that George, I mean, look, Georgetown's one and know, but in terms of, you know, national perception, they lost to Coppin state. You know what I mean? Like the fact yes. that like it, yes. it went to overtime. And I think you said, you know, it, it was, it, it made effing PTI. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. The, the PTI segment, you know, it was brief. It was a 32nd thing about, and it was, you know, in their happy trails and it was to our 21 game losing streak. It was kind of like okay. a, Tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek, congratulations to Georgetown on getting rid of the losing streak and, and opening up, but opening up with a win. But, you know, Kornheiser and Wilbon went on to say, like, you know, geez, are we really celebrating, you know, Georgetown t- going into overtime to beat a, a team from the MEAC? You know, what really has this come to? Um, and You know, Wilbon was saying how he knew he's known Ewing since he was 18 and he yeah. loved Ewing. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just a tough situation. Well, that, um, I mean, that's the thing, so that, right? Like, Yeah. Everyone associated that hasn't with... Cha- that, hasn't, that hasn't changed since, since last March, right? But yeah, it's a tough situation. We get it. So what are we going to do about
0: it? Yeah, okay. So let me, let me just kind of go over um, some of the stuff that they talked about over there because I want to get your perspective or your opinion on this. Like, it comes back to, and we've talked about this. I think Nolan and I spoke about it on our last pod. Last season was so bad. You bring Patrick Ewing back. Like, what's going to be good enough to kind of push it away, you know, like what's that like what's that biggies number need to get to? They kind of came up with seven wins, which now that it's 20 league games, that means you're going seven and thirteen. You know, that that's that's really not that good. I I think I think you gotta get eight. I think you got eight and twelve, nine and eleven, like just approaching 500 I don't like, you know, back in the day if you went like seven and eleven, Like, that's sort of kind of approaching 500. You're, like, basically two games out. If you win two, you lose, you know. But I'm not sure 7-13 and is going to look good enough. Like, what do you think that number needs to be where it'll kind of just get pushed to the back burner, and you say, hey, look, we saw improvement. We saw enough. He got new pieces. You know, this this is going to be enough. Like, what do you think that number is for you?
1: Uh, Clearly, it doesn't matter, honestly. Like, all that matters is for – whatever that number is for the board of directors or DeJoya or whoever's making any decision regarding its future at Georgetown. I mean, you go, you go winless. If that's not enough to make a change, then, you know, at this point, what the lines are so blurred that I don't even under, I don't even know what that answer might be. I mean, to the fan base. Sure. Seven wins. Yeah. That's, that's a nice improvement. You've got a lot of new pieces. um, But you're always, you're always couching these things and making more excuses, right? Like, oh, it takes some time to get everyone to gel and oh, they, they look good in some games but not others. So, things are moving up and seven wins is much better than zero. You know, but this is Georgetown University. We sh- we shouldn't be talking about yeah. things like this. We should be, you know, 16 and 4, right? Like we we, we shouldn't be talking about is 7 and 13 good enough. The whole, the re- the whole It just blows my mind that we're even talking about this and trying to find an acceptable sub 500 number, right? Like it's crazy.
0: Yeah. It is crazy because when they made the switch, the last coaching switch they made, I think you could argue that Georgetown showed more ambition in that moment than I thought they had, you know, Ben standing and I would always kind of talk and like, man, you know, outside of coach K feel like JT three has got one of the safer jobs in the country and at that time the only knock was like oh you know oh here we go they got upset by dunk city and you know the all all these upsets you know like like what a what a different spot they were in the world but i think at that moment you'd say like wow like they got rid of that guy that was pretty successful here you know coach's son they just built a building in his dad's honor like they're actually showing ambition as far as like the like the cold cruel world of college sports right where it's not just unfortunately about developing young people it's about winning games Right? Well, yeah. And it puts the, it puts the program on notice, right?
1: Like, you know, we're here for a successful basketball program. And if we see that there's some slippage, that there's going to be a change yeah. then you bring Ewing on and then that goes out the window.
0: Yeah. So like I said, yeah, it's, it, it went from being like, in my opinion, more ambitious than I thought they had in them to just right. completely going the other way to being like, wow, I wonder what it is. That's, um, you know, gonna, what, what the standard is going to be. I thought Randolph Childress brought up something pretty interesting. He was just basically saying like how important it is for new coaches to hit it early because it's kind of like you never sort of get back in it. And they also brought up the idea that, and this does seem to be like the moment that this, you know, that Patrick and I guess the staff's different now, but Louis Orr is involved still in whatever. code um, back to McClung and Kinjo. Like we did that emergency pop i was sitting at dinner and like you know they've the program has not recovered from that it, it just hasn't because and i'll I'll say why is because it's really not a program right now it's sort of like every year trying to just do the best to show what you can do and the other night should have been a game like denver Anglin, right the other the other freshman bass like jordan riley who looked pretty good in very limited minutes okay like games like this aren't supposed to be like we can just go out and like win this game like you know getting a guy like Caden Rice where it's like look he's here for one year we're trying to we think he can help us win games and it's like a program is building right and I I feel when you look at all the guys that played all these minutes and it's how did you not play some of your younger guys like Ryan Matumbo like maybe I don't know maybe that's another difficult situation you know what I mean like you you can't build your program
1: and and what you're seeing is, you know, Jordan Riley's dad or whoever it is, like, mousing it's, off it's, on Twitter. It's his dad. It's his dad. So, like, so you're seeing all this stuff that you saw in the past with these kids, right? With, you know, Akinjo's whoever that was. And, I mean, Uncle. there's so many. <laughs> like, all these guys, uh, these handlers or parents or, or family members of kids who are, like, destroying the program uh, on Twitter – when they don't see their kids playing, and I get it, you know, everyone thinks that they should be playing 40 minutes, but, you know, I, Ewing's strategy of not playing the kids is problematic, you know? Well, he, and, and he you're feels right. he has it, to it, win, it, it,
0: you it, know it, what I mean? Like, and that, that's kind of my point, like, it's not, he, like, there's no building, every year is an independent season, so there's no thought like, wow, I gotta get these guys in, because, like, these are the guys that are gonna be my players at one point, it's like, how can we beat Coppin State? I have to play this guy, this grad transfer, Bryson Mazone, the whole game because I can't lose. You know what I mean? Like, and you it, still,
1: and you almost lost.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Right? You
1: still almost lost. So maybe it's <laughs> – I mean, try something else. I mean, jeez. Yeah. It's just frustrating. And I, I don't know. And, again, it's only one game. There's, there's no r- real reason to think the sky is falling. We've got Green Bay coming up. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is hurt. Maybe, Right. right, you know, maybe they, maybe they go out and win by 20 and, and, you know, everything calms down a little bit. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there aren't many conclusions you can draw from a season opener, but it seems like the fan base is pretty much like, okay, you know, same shit, different season so far.
0: Yeah, well, you know, like I said, i because I'm going to pre-myself for the third time. One of the reasons, there's a lot of reasons where when a season like last season happened, you kind of just start over. And one of those reasons is because one, it's hard to judge success the next season. What they talked about on the, on, on Dowster's pod, like how many wins is enough? Cause in, you know, when you look at it independently, you're like, oh, that's not a good season. But you say, well, compared to last season, it was way better. i like, oh, that's not really a great standard. And the other thing is, like I said, like this should have been a moment when, you know, I, I get the whole team's new, which is difficult too. But at some point when it's not working well, You say, hey, we're going to just put our freshman there and see what happens. And I understand that Patrick probably feels like he's got to just win, win, win. And when it's always when you're always focused on the season that you're in, the game that you're in, running a program is different than that. You know what I mean? Like you have to think about so many things. It's a really hard job, by the way. But I don't, like you know, for instance, I posted the other day about all there's 13 former Georgetown players in college basketball, which is insane. Right. But, like, and I'm not saying Jalen Billingsley is going to be, the, you know, is going to make the NBA or whatever. But he was one of the players last year. Like, I get why some kids needed to play at a different level. He, to me, stood out as I can see stuff there. This is the kind of kid that I could see by the time he's a junior is going to be really good. Um, I like the kid at, at, at Tulane as well, you know, uh, Colin Holloway. Jalen didn't really play that much last year, right? Like, like Patrick felt you know, he, he needs, he needs to win. Like he needs to win these games. The season's going to crap. He, they wanted to win so bad. Right. And Mm -hmm. rely on Caden Rice and Don Carey and all these guys that are kind of like, you know, fifth, sixth best players, but on Georgetown, they're the top players. So for me, what I see that's most disappointing or frustrating is that I don't think that Georgetown, even though they should be rebuilding, I don't think that they're going to do it with the younger players
1: yeah and then we're not going to see what we have and they're going to transfer and it's a vicious cycle right but uh i love how we're making all these all these leaps and bounds after you know 40 minutes of basketball let's, 45 let's see andrew 45 uh, you're you're absolutely right i apologize <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but something look, to make good the... but look but like, but like you said the crowd was good which is oh nice. yes the crowd was great uh, man they, so, so hopefully you know, hopefully the students still show up i mean that's always nice to see uh, they, they certainly didn't have that last year against uh, Dartmouth, as I recall. I could be wrong about that one. But that was a weekend. Um,
0: dude. I don't remember. Dude, yeah. I have, like, oh, I'm such a nerd. So, broke down different attendance numbers under Ewing based on circumstance. Because, like you said, like, Dartmouth game was Saturday at 2, right? That's obviously, mm-hmm. like, a much better time, okay? So, you had about a 1,000 more people at that game. But as far as okay. after – so. This was their sixth. This was their sixth after eight thirty non-conference game in the Ewing era. It was. It blew away the other previous record. Like they had four thousand four thousand fans at the main game a couple years ago. I think in Patrick's first year, they had you know seventy. They had set seven thousand. So the free tickets worked. The buzz for you, you know um, the opening game. You know, and Patrick made a point open the press conference. I want to thank all the, all the fans, all the students hope they keep coming back. You know, we, we didn't win exactly the way we wanted to, but we did get a win. And that, that that's important too, right? Because literally, I don't think any of us have the idea that Georgetown is going to be an at large worthy team. Maybe they get Jay Heath back. They're trying their best. Um, but like, if you literally lose to Coppin state in your opener, you have just eliminated yourself from at large uh, consideration. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like yeah. last year, it was Dartmouth that pretty much wiped them out. Coppin's like yep. about a hundred worst team on Ken Palm. Like literally, your season ends on a week on the first game of like <laughs> the thirty-one games. Oh
1: man, and that's what I was saying earlier. As like if they would have lost that game, I mean, where do we even go from here? I mean, I, I recall it, it, it's Arizona State when they when they fired Herm Edwards. I don't know if you saw the like how that happened. Like essentially, yes. like the school president and the AD like met him met him in the end zone like as he was walking off the field and were like, uh, yeah, we got to have a talk. Like, I kept thinking, like, that could happen uh, if we had lost the conference fate with, like, Lee Reed and, and DeJoy just walking on the court being like, eh, let's, let's have a conversation.
0: But, okay, um, there is a 0.0% yeah. chance of, of that happening. Zero. 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 Um, some Hoya trivia. So, I was sitting there, and Georgetown is now 64-0 and against the MIAC. So, obviously, good conference to schedule when you're trying to snap a 21-game losing streak. There was one other time the Hoyas went into overtime with the Miak School. Um, I stumped everyone. Well, it was only like three people, but I I stumped three <laughs> people on it. I can vividly remember sitting there. It's JT 3s first year. They go into overtime with Norfolk State, and they were probably like they were they're probably lucky to get to overtime. And the kind of the same thing, you get to overtime and you you wear out a less um, uh, talented mm-hmm. team. But anyway, so. To give people the hope, the starters, the last time, or the only time, Georgetown went into overtime with the MEAC school. Here's your starters, boys and girls. Tell me if they sound good. Wallace, Cook, Bowman, Green, and Hibbert. Ah, love it. <laughs> Cook went for 40 minutes. Bowman played 41. Green, pay, Green played 44. And that was still the time where like Hibbert would start but not play a lot. He only played nine mm-hmm. minutes. Um, Daryl Owens came off the bench. He played thirty six. So if you want to be completely uh, optimistic, you can point to that and say, look at look at what those guys accomplished. Some pretty some pretty good things. Andrew, do you have any plans? What are the casual Hoya plans as far as? Attendance? Are you gonna? Is there? Because I mean, there's no real big game you know, as far I, as the non-conference. Yeah, there's,
1: it's kind of weak, right? I looked at the schedule and I was like, man, I'm trying to pick a weekend game to to come to DC for, and there really just aren't any good options. I, there, there is there like a Sunday afternoon game against Providence? Maybe there's like a I forget. There's like a.
0: That's literally Sunday the last game. home game of the season.
1: Yeah, like maybe that's the move. You know, come up Saturday. Rock out Saturday night, go to the Providence game, and just roll over to national. Okay, that, that, that's an option. That's an option. But other than that, I, I, there wasn't anything else that really kind of stood out to me.
0: Yeah, no, it's. I mean, the year when Syracuse doesn't come to town, they have to do a better job of this. Like, I mean, you know, I, I know no one's going to listen to me, but I mean, like, you've got to find someone else to play the year when you when you're at Syracuse. Like, it's, yeah. it's South Carolina does not count. Okay. I agree. You know, like it's, you got to figure out Maryland. You got to, I mean, you know, look, we've seen the last 15 years, we've seen Michigan, Kansas, Duke, Memphis. um, I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but you know, I mean, we've seen big schools come through here. We haven't seen North Carolina on the schedule in, I don't think, since Maui, maybe. Um, You got to just find people to play. Like, you've got to give your home fans something hold on to before just saying like, well, you know, the biggie starts, like you just got to give them something. And we've got Northwestern and South Carolina. And I don't think those are going to move the needle. It doesn't sound like it's moving the needle for you. It doesn't. So that being said, like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like Georgetown, you say, Hey guys, other teams lost and we won. And that's true. Right? Like, you know, Providence almost lost we were, to Ryder.
1: We Louisville lost last, last night. Yeah. Me.
0: yeah. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Oklahoma lost. Um, what was kind of like a like a semi Georgetown related score was Florida Gulf Coast beat USC, and USC of course is coached by the Gulf Coast Gulf Coast coach that you know was there in the tournament, so that was kind of cool to see. Um, yeah, upsets happen; they absolutely do happen. It's just that you know, just it's just the level of opponent Coppin had just played. They took a bus up. They got you know, I mean, like it's just everything about it. I, I think. And I think more so than any offseason that we've had with Patrick Ewing, the frustrations of last season, I think everyone wanted to see, like, materialize into, like, a 30-point drubbing of an inferior program.
1: And that was, wait, that was Gulf Coast beating Andy Enfield, right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, no, no that's I what agree. I'm saying. It was It's, it's, it's sort yeah. of a Georgetown-related score, you know? Like
1: Yeah, yeah. So I guess let's see what happens against Green Bay. We'll, we'll, we'll undoubtedly gather. And uh, we'll we'll go from there. But, hey, 1-0 undefeated. Let's look at the bright side. And um,
0: onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. All right. Well, if you're listening to Kentay Corner, thank you. And make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like. And make sure to message me. A lot of you are not shy about that. Send me a message. and Let me know what you want to hear more, less of. Let me know how much you like having Andrew on the pod. I know Andrew's, like, such a big fan favorite. I think people were talking you up on a message board that you never go to. So, yeah, you, you got to feel good about that. Uh, yeah. I
1: don't know why anyone would want to listen to me. I mean, I know that my wife and kids don't, maybe my dog does. But yeah. I can't enough. even
0: get the, I can't even get the dogs to listen to me. So, <laughs> Hey, Andrew, All right, do yourself man. a favor, do yourself a favor. Do not spend $2 on a Mountain Dew fruitcake holiday edition soda. Uh,
1: well on that note, I did see something just yesterday about was there like a hot Cheetos brand? Check, check Darren Ravel's Twitter. And then, uh, take a look at it i think he had something on there about some sort of hot cheeto flavor mountain Dew that he actually said was kind of good so i'm looking forward to your
0: uh your review it's it's got hopefully it's better than the i believe it's called fruit quake and it's it <laughs> I, I wasn't able to get a whole bottle down it just it just wasn't it was it wasn't working for me
1: okay i don't know why you had any expectation that something called fruit quake would be something that would actually like <laughs> be something that you should put in your
0: system I tend to like uh, limited edition uh, items yeah. and fall in love with them, and then they go away. Yeah. It's like this like sad Look, tragedy. Yeah. yeah, everybody loves the novelty. Yeah, yeah. All right, Andrew, until next time. Kentay Corner. Always access.